Hello and welcome. I'm Monica from Learning with Monica. And today I want to give a message to student teachers. If you are currently doing your student teaching, or you'll be doing it soon, or your dream is to become a teacher one day, then this podcast is for you. Here's my disclaimer for today. I have only had two student teachers, but they were polar opposites. I've had the worst of the worst and the best of the best. So I took what I learned from both of these ladies and made a top 20 list of student teacher must do's. My second student teacher was amazing and she actually helped me to compile this list. And if you like what you hear, you can download a PDF copy of the list by visiting my website at www.learningwithmonica.com. So let's get started. Number one, contact your teacher as soon as you get your student teaching placement. So that's an easy task. You can just shoot an email, a quick email, to introduce yourself. It will impress your cooperating teacher, I promise. Um, You can make a PDF that goes with your email and include anything and everything that you want your teacher to know about you. It's also great to include a few pictures of yourself, too. And while you're at it, go ahead and make one to send home to your students and their families. Number two, communicate with your supervising teacher. Communication is the key to a happy classroom. When you're student teaching, communicate often, as much as you can. Ask questions about everything. It won't be annoying, I promise. Ask for feedback on everything. And always discuss your ideas for lesson plans with your cooperating or supervising teacher. Number three, be early every day. It takes a lot of time to be prepared and get everything ready for your day, especially in this world of teaching. Even if you have everything ready the day before, being early will give you time to make sure it's all ready, give you time to catch your breath. And if you're using technology, which you probably will be, you'll need to make sure that it's all set up and working correctly. The more time you have to prepare, the smoother your day will go. Number four, Start helping immediately. The best student teachers I ever had were the ones who started helping right away. Some, or I'll just tell you, the first one, she just sat there and watched me. And that wasn't helpful at all. I kept thinking, yay, I finally have someone to help me. I need somebody to help me. And she sat there. So don't do that. Um, check morning work. Go around and help individual students. Grade papers, help students unpack. The list is seriously never ending. There's always something to do. And if you don't know, ask. Say, I'm here and I want to help and jump right in. Number five also goes with this number four. But number five is do what needs to be done without having to be asked. Did somebody spill something? Go help clean it up. Do you know that your teacher hates grading papers and you see stacks of ungraded papers on his or her desk? Go check them. Do students have their hands raised? Probably. Go help them. Once you've been student teaching for a few weeks, 
You'll learn your teacher's routines and procedures and how the classroom runs. Do whatever you can to help out, and I promise you will be appreciated. Number six, get to know your students and their interests. Building relationships is one of the most important things you can do as a teacher. Design your assignments around what your students are interested in. Do your classroom management system based on what students want to earn, what they're interested in. When you are positive with students and they know that you love them, they will respect you and they will work very hard for you. Number seven, keep notes about anything and everything. If you take an iPad or your phone, take notes on it. If you are a paper pencil kind of person like I am, take a journal or a notebook or sticky notes or a binder. Do whatever works for you, but keep notes about everything. You can write down what worked and you can write down what didn't. And you can write down the cute things that your kids say or the things that they probably shouldn't have said. If you have an idea that you want to try, write it down so you don't forget. Did your teacher do an amazing lesson and you don't want to forget it because you want to do that lesson in your classroom? Write it down. Does your teacher have fabulous read-alouds? Write them down. Start a Google Doc or start a folder and organize your Google Docs. Take notes on anything and everything. Do you see something amazing in your new classroom? Ask your cooperating teacher if you can take pictures. If so, save them because that will help you remember exactly what you do want to do. Trust me on this one. Keep notes. Number eight, dress professionally. Before you begin your student teaching, please become familiar with your school's dress code policy and follow it. If it's questionable, then do not wear it. Don't spend a lot of money either. Check out thrift stores or look for sales and wear something comfortable because you're going to be on your feet most of the day. You'll thank me later. Number nine, keep a binder or more than one. I'm all about organization. And as much as I love to use technology, I also like having a paper copy. I recommend having a binder with tabs to keep yourself organized. And if you do prefer all digital, create a Google folder with subfolders and save copies of everything. Number 10, this one's important. And as long as I've been teaching this one, I have known about, but I haven't done. Take care of yourself. I'm going to repeat that one. Number 10 is take care of you. Have you ever heard the saying that you can't pour from an empty cup? It's very, very true. Student teaching is hard. Teaching is hard. And life is hard. If you're doing your job, you're going to be exhausted. You have to take care of yourself. You deserve it. And you owe it to yourself. And you owe it to your family and your friends and your pets, etc. Make time for you. Some things that I have done, 
I've started taking a walk every evening with my son. That helps so much. I also love to unwind with a bubble bath. I also love to read. You can find a hobby. Whatever you do, make sure that you take time to relax every single day. No one ever told me that, and I really wish they had. But if you'll start doing this and make it a habit during your student teaching, hopefully you'll be able to continue it when you teach full-time and have your own classroom. Number 11, introduce yourself to all staff members. And I do mean all. You have to be intentional about establishing those relationships with as many people as you can. You need to know the office staff. You need to know the maintenance staff. You need to know the janitors, the cafeteria workers, the school nurse, the specialist, other grade level teachers, everyone. It takes a village to run a school and all staff members are equally important. You need to get to know them and build those relationships. And if you really like the district that you're in and you want to possibly teach there in the future, those will be great connections for you when you apply for a job. Number 12, start small. I know how excited you are because I was too. And you probably want to jump in with both feet and take over immediately. Your cooperating teacher will love your enthusiasm and your motivation, but you don't want to do too much too soon. If you start teaching everything at once, you're going to be completely overwhelmed. I've seen it happen. Ask your teacher what he or she wants you to start out with. I recommend starting with a subject that you're really comfortable with. And once you feel good about it, then you can add another subject or another area. And then you can build on that until you take over full time. Number 13, be flexible. This one is so important, and this is another one that I really struggled with, but it's very rare that your lessons are going to go like you planned. So be prepared to make changes and be prepared to keep going. It's also super important to over plan. Sometimes a lesson will go more quickly than you anticipate, and then you're just stuck with all these little eyes or big eyes, depending on what age you teach, staring at you. And it doesn't matter what age you teach. You don't want to give your students any downtime. If you don't get to everything, that's fine. You can use it later. And don't be disappointed if a lesson doesn't go as planned because it's going to happen. And that's completely okay. Number 14, use the media center. You are going to want to use books in your classroom. I honestly see a new book every single day that I need for my classroom. But don't spend all your money. Use the Media Center. There are so many good resources in there. And if you don't know where to start, just ask. Number 15, go to all the meetings that you can. Ask if you're allowed to go to IEP meetings or 504 meetings or parent-teacher conferences or faculty meetings or grade level meetings anything and everything. Attending those meetings will give you a much deeper understanding of education. Number 16, be professional. Don't fall into the gossip trap. 
Do not spend time with people who bring you down. I'm going to repeat that. Do not spend time with people who bring you down. And always remember to uphold confidentiality. Students hear a lot more than you think they do. And just because you're in the hall talking about them doesn't mean that they won't hear. Number 17, collaborate. This one's huge. Collaboration is the key to teaching. Ask for ideas and share your ideas. Working together is better for everyone involved. Now, when I first started teaching, we had to go to this A-plus training. Well, I came from a school where I was the only fourth grade teacher in the building. The only one. And then we merged with another school to make a new school. And there were a team of teachers that I had to work with. And I did not have a good attitude about it. I didn't think I needed help. I didn't want help. My attitude was terrible. And I remember being at that conference and I literally sat on the floor and crossed my arms and acted like a little kid. I was like, I don't want to collaborate. I don't need people to help me. I don't want to share my ideas. I'm not getting up and dancing. Just leave me alone. And then, number one, I was embarrassed. Um, but then the thing that happened was I did open up because I had to. And once I opened up, I realized that my whole world was going to change. We can't do things by ourselves. And there's amazing teachers around you. So collaborate. Don't be like me. Don't be a powder. Jump right in with two feet. Share your ideas. Ask for ideas. It'll help everyone. Number 18, I think we're on. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Asking for help is the sign of a strong teacher. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. If you have ideas or concerns or what if questions, write them down and ask them. If you aren't sure how to start planning a lesson, ask. If you have no idea how to integrate art into a math lesson, ask. Maybe you have a behavior strategy that you've read about and you want to try it. Ask if you can. As a young professional, you are not going to know all the answers. Your cooperating teacher has a lot of experience, and they'll most likely know all of the answers. And if they don't, they'll know who to ask. Number 19. This is another big one. Be careful on social media. You know what I do as soon as I hear that I'm getting an intern or a volunteer or a student teacher? The first thing I do is get on my phone and I look them up. I get on Facebook. I get on Instagram, I get on Twitter, I get on Snapchat, I look everywhere. I've also been on several interview committees, and you better believe, after their interview, we searched every social media site we could find. Now, you are free to live your life as you please, but as an educator, you are going to be held to higher standards. That's just how it is. You're a role model and people look up to you. So if you have something questionable on your site, delete it. It's not worth your future. You'll be glad you did. And when you do start student teaching, never post pictures of your students or their names or anything that would identify them. It's dangerous 
and it's probably a violation of school policies. Last but not least is number 20. You need to know the objectives or the standards that your school uses. Before you begin, you probably have a million awesome ideas, and I want you to keep those ideas. I want you to write them all down. But I also want you to know the standards or the curriculum or the objectives that your school uses. Then what you're going to want to do is take your ideas and see where you can teach the standards, where your ideas will fit in with those. Then you can create those engaging, awesome lessons that are going to align with your standards. So I hope you've enjoyed my top 20 student teaching must-dos. Um, as I said, my first student teacher was horrible. Um, she sat there. She wasn't honest. There were many days where she was supposed to teach and she had nothing. Don't be like her. My second student teacher, she rocked it. She had the students engaged. She had their interest in her mind for every single lesson. They adored her. I adored her. We collaborated well. And she got a job and we still collaborate now. And any student would be so lucky to have her as a teacher. She's amazing. So be like my second student teacher. Um, if you have any questions about anything you've heard today, feel free to email me at learningwithmonicapodcast at gmail.com. I would love to chat with you. Um, and remember, you can grab a printable copy of this list by visiting my website at www.learningwithmonica.com. And if you have an idea for an upcoming podcast, I would love to hear from you. Send me an email anytime at learningwithmonicapodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Come back next week to Learn with Monica.